Welcome to the Wannabe Gaming Podcast, Episode 7. It's Tuesday, February 26, 2019. I'm Brett Jackson, and joining me is Michael Dewey. Hey! I want to remind hey. everybody that if you are interested, you can follow us on Twitter at WBGCast on Twitter. If you want to follow myself, Michael Dewey, I am Michael Dewey 99 And then Brett is I am Brett Jackson on Twitter as well. Um, also, want to ask you guys to go ahead and give us a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us to be able to uh, find new listeners as well. So be sure to give us a five-star rating if you find it interesting and as well as to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And yeah, we've got... A lot of news this week. There's actually been quite a bit of stuff that's happened this week. Yeah. Um, but what 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 have you been playing though this week, though, Brett? Uh, this week, I I played. Let's see. I didn't play Anthem because uh, I didn't buy it. So I feel like we talked about that last week. But I I haven't played any more of that because my trial was about up. Um, and then I got destiny 2 on sale on sunday um i think i just anthem made me want to play a looter so bad and i don't there's not really many places to go um i guess i was thinking about playing diablo but i've played so much diablo and it's that would be way more fun with like if our group got on it but it's it hasn't been on sale and I i don't know how much people would get into it and I downloaded Path of Exile as well, which is free um, and very fun, but I, I haven't started that up. Uh, but yeah, Destiny 2, they had it. The pricing is so confusing. Um, it took me a while to figure out, like, what do, what version do I need? And, like, what what is the... <laughs> there's the base game, which is just Destiny 2, which is pretty much worthless at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, and then there is, like, three expansions... So, and Forsaken is the newest one. So you can get Forsaken like by itself as a expansion with the other two, but that doesn't have the base game. And then there's the legendary collection, I believe it's called, which is what I got. Which has all of the expansions and the base game, I believe. Correct. Yeah. So that's what I picked. And then there's a complete collection or something. There's a tier beyond that. that Oh, really? That is is all... All of those, and then they have, I guess, what's called an annual pass now as well. Oh, okay. For, like, their Destiny seasons or whatever. Um, and that was the thing that I was trying to figure out if I needed. Because the Legendary Collection was on sale for 30 and then to bump up to the Complete Collection was 60 So it was mm-hmm. like you're paying twice as much just to get that annual pass. And only one of the packs like in i think there's three maybe like three content packs that are coming out as part of that only one of them is out so and it's not like expansion level stuff it's like here's some end game missions or like a new area for you to do Hmm. and i think there's a new raid but it's not like a whole new story stuff like forsaken was or like the other expansions were do you think the annual pass is where any future expansions they're gonna you automatically have them kind of thing, um, or I mean, they, do they only plan to do three expansions with Destiny Two? I mean, they only did three expansions with the original Destiny. Yeah. Um, and also, I was wondering you when you the sixty dollar bracket range. Wonder if that is actually um, you get Destiny One and Destiny Two and the expansions. Would that could that be it? Like you no, get the whole it, thing. I yeah, I thought about that, but well, they did the 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 same phrasing like complete collection. They also did that with Destiny One, 
um, as their, you know, everything. Cause I ended, I think I bought that version at the end of the life cycle for destiny one. Um, <laughs> I think it's just, uh, they ne- they've never done an annual pass before. So this is the first time they're doing that. I don't know how people are, I, I would imagine the hardcore destiny people are just like, well, I guess, I guess we buy it because that's what we play. Um, but I don't know. I, I, my question was like, if I, cause I'm probably not going to play hardcore enough to warrant like i don't want more and very end game stuff to grind because i'm probably not even going to get there like i i want to do the story and i'll probably do some of the end stuff but i don't know if i need it so i didn't want to pay twice as much but i my question was like if they do another expansion ever does all that become irrelevant anyway so i don't ever need to buy it like if they're using the phrasing annual pass it doesn't make it sound like you would have to get that once they've moved past it uh, yeah. e- expansion kind of implies to me like oh I have to have them all to play the latest one but uh, but like you said they only did three for Destiny 1 so maybe they're done until Destiny 3 comes out with full expansions maybe they just do seasons in until which it then. will be its own game again No. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know I it's really interesting to see what they do because of the split with Activision so I like I don't know if they're roadmap is in place for like what they're doing with destiny two and possibly three or whatever. Uh, or if they are maybe like able to do something a little bit different now that they are like their own, their own kind of thing. I don't, I don't know if there's any changes that would happen there, but anyways, I've been playing that. I, well, I told you, I was just, I just finished the, the base game campaign right before we got on the podcast uh which isn't super long but i've just been doing it the past couple nights here and there just i've i've played it once before because i got the base game right when it came out uh and it's okay it's not it's really generic of a story but when right after coming off anthem like man they it just feels like a a game (laughs) And, (laughs) and anthem just doesn't have like the I don't know. There's no flow to Anthem. They don't, the story's not great and it's, it's just a mess and destiny at least feels like, you know, it's, it's kind of generic and it's, you know, I want to get to the stuff that's after this cause whatever, but man, it's solid and it, it like the pacing's pretty good and there's a lot of variation and like level design and like the AI that Bungie develops is always, there might not be that many enemies, but the AI like at least makes it interesting to play. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see. I I hear that like everybody says, Forsaken is the best Destiny story has been. Uh, hmm. I think I still have to get through the other two expansions first because I didn't yeah. want to use the level booster. But uh, I'll see. I'll have a review after I'm done, even though Destiny's old now. But man, it's okay. We speaking of old games, um, I was pretty excited. I am actually getting ready to start Banjo Kazooie. I haven't. I never <laughs> actually played it. I remember when it came out when I was a kid and thinking it was a, a fun game and wanted to try it, and I just never got around to it. And so I just downloaded it the other day, and so I'm gonna actually try messing around with Banjo Kazooie and seeing how, see if it's any fun or not, or if it's actually kind of lame. The graphics oh, though are so so old school <laughs> that it's it's actually gonna be a little hard, I think, to to be as entertained. I think because yeah, the graphics are so rough. I'm interested to see what you think. You'll have to tell me what you think after you're done. Or if you throw in the towel. I <laughs> absolutely love... I have a soft spot for that game because we played it so much growing up. Um, but I have gone back to it like on Xbox One with the back compat. And it's 
um, if you don't know like what you're doing, it's really hard to get around because there's no map. Um, oh. And there's a lot of just like, it's not too complicated, but just the art is like really just a lot of stuff looks ends up looking the same. <laughs> and it's really hard to remember like which door was connected to what path that goes to this level. Like it's, but it's fun. I really is, like that game. Is the backward combat the reason why it doesn't have a map or is it, did the game just never come with a map? I don't think the game came with the map. Um, I mean, think think of it like, what, like Mario 64? That didn't yeah. have a map. It's kind of like that. It's just not as intuitive to figure out where stuff is because it doesn't have the castle. It's more just like a an overworld, kind of almost like, like a mini Zelda. It's just, it's hard to remember stuff. With Mario, it was easy to remember the castle because you knew which rooms were downstairs and you knew which rooms were like, up the stairs in the stone room and then up the Bowser stairs. And then I, it was easy, but on this one, it's a little bit confusing, but hmm. it's a fun game. Um, I've never played the sequel or I think there's, yeah, there's Banjo Tui and then there's nuts and bolts. Yeah. And then I can't remember if there's another one beyond that, but I've never played any of those. I thought about doing those at some point, um, but I just have never gotten around to it. Yeah. I'll have to see how this goes. If it goes well, uh, then I'll probably stick around and keep, keep playing it. Um, I opened it up with my girls nearby and they thought it was pretty funny uh, looking. So maybe it will be a game since it's so old and rather tame in that sense that I can play it with the girls around. Um, speaking of my girls, though, I did want to tell you a really funny story. And I was going to tell you guys the other day, but I just totally spaced it. And I figured, hey, this is going to be actually the better way to a better time to, to tell the story. Um it, it also the 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 energy can come through via my voice rather than texting but the other night i was putting my oldest to bed um which by the way if anybody's listening who doesn't know brett and i um we've known each other for a really long time we always play games in the evening uh, friday nights with uh, his brother brian a good friend of ours dom and then uh, myself and brett so there's four of us that we always play every friday night and um so anyways when I get on Friday nights, um, I always put the girls to bed every night of the week, uh, except for Friday nights when it's our game night. My wife does it that night. And so um, I was telling my oldest, you know, hey, I've got my my evening where I get to talk and hang out with my friends. And she's like, oh, OK. And so I went in and was giving her a hug and kiss. Good night. And she goes, do you love your friends more than you love me? And I said, no, of course not, sweetie. Like, I love you more than I love my friends. And she's like, oh, okay, good. And then she's like, who are your friends? And I said, well, uh, do you remember Brett and Ashley? We went and saw them in Portland. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember Brett and Ashley. And I said, yeah, you know, that's one. Brett is one of the people who is on there. I was like, do you remember Dom and Cassie? We went and saw them in Seattle. And she's like, yeah, I remember Dom and Cassie. I like Dom and Cassie. And I said, yeah, Dom is one of the people who I, I talk to as well. And the other one's Brian. And she's like, oh, have I met Brian? And I said, no, you haven't met Brian yet. Um, and she's like, is Brian married? And I said, no, <laughs> Brian's not married. And she's like, why not? And I said, well, <laughs> he, he just, you know, doesn't want to get married. I was like, some people don't want to get married. It's kind of their choice. Um, when you get older, you'll be able to choose if you want to get married or not. And she turns and looks at me and goes, I'm going to marry Brian when I get older. <laughs> and I said, why are you going to marry Brian? And she said, because everybody needs to get married. <laughs> so Brian, 
you potentially will marry my daughter, but that's that's a little bit big in the age get range. So um, I'll let you just think about that. She she likes movies, so you know that that is a, a plus plus for you guys. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see her just kind of growing and always being interested. She asks a lot about marriage and about you know finding somebody to marry and being with somebody. She, it's really interesting that she's four, almost five years old, and that's really important to her is that people have somebody to be with and be married to. Um, so I think she's going to be somebody who's interested in getting married when she's older. Who knows? Maybe she'll change that as she gets older as well. So, But anyways, we can come back to video games. I just thought that was a really funny story that my oldest Hopefully wants to Brian's marry Brian. Listening. Oh, Brian will probably listen, yeah, later yeah. after he's done with his big presentation tomorrow. So, good luck, by the way. <laughs> um, so, we'll kind of come into some more news. Uh, one of them that we'll start talking about, we'll talk about Apex Legends today. We're going to talk about Overwatch, uh, Dead Cells, Div- Division 2, uh, Game Pass for Switch, as well as Xbox's hardware uh, being announced at E3. Um, the biggest reason I want to talk about Apex is... Uh, for well, honestly, Dom and Trevor Lauks. Dom, he's currently moved back from Hawaii. He hasn't been able to play with us in the evenings, and yeah. so we've been playing Apex Legends a lot. And we were kind of wondering, well, hey, I wonder if they're going to have any expansion to a four-team squad anytime soon? Because hopefully they do, because we love to have Brett or Dom come play with us. So I started doing some research and looking into it, and they're actually looking into having single squads so you can do just a single queue a duo duo queue so two people or still having the trio that's what they're kind of moving towards and then they're discussing the idea of getting i believe it's a 24 squad um and doing those massive like huge team battle royale type things uh which i'm not sure what that would be like in a battle royale type situation because i mean we know what it's like with um Battlefield 5 and the Battlefield concept when you have tons and tons of people on either side but with your map constantly shrieking could be that could be kind of scary and rough yeah I think Fortnite has a like it's split in half they have it's like 50 v 50 I think Uh, I've never played played it but I think they have had that mode for a while so I don't know if they're maybe doing something along the lines I think I think that's actually like fairly popular I wonder if that you eventually just roll. Like it's either a, a you get rolled or you are rolling. It's how oh, often like, is it fairly balanced? And if if ten people get knocked out like immediate, like yeah, I could see that. It's just a giant mob. <laughs> it, yeah, you just roll everybody and you're done. And it's like, well, that was not fun. You know? I guess like I I take it as being more of I don't know. It seems like more of like a party mode to me. That's what I thought when I first heard it, but maybe not maybe maybe people could get into it more more than that but um i i don't man it's so depressing if they're not actually thinking about doing quads uh yeah i did the same thing like after we've been playing i googled it and i found this article and i was like wait what why why don't you do quads it's like it's back to the destiny problem it's like every other game has been training you to have four people in your party that you can play with so when these games come out and choose nope just three it (laughs) i feel like there's probably a lot of groups like us that have been like oh we have our four and we're jumping from game to game now and then and it's like dang it um frustrating yeah and division 
as it has a four v four aspect to it. Um, at least the new one, Division Two, and they're coming out with the beta coming this weekend, which we'll talk about again a little bit later. I was noticing in the article they said they have a four v four option. Oh and yeah, so, well, in the original was four uh, four in a party, I, I believe. Um, I'm not sure what their in game content was, like if it was still four for the raids and stuff mm-hmm. like that too. But I think it is just four, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, that's why I was so excited about something like Anthem coming out where it's just like four all the way up. Uh, and then that turned out to be a crapshoot. But <laughs> um, uh, well, here's to more four player experiences, though. Yeah, that, but that we on can the play. plus side, we hopefully could um, still have an interesting interaction if we could get one more person because they're looking into doing uh, cross platform for. Uh, Apex Legends as well to where you'll be able to play with PS4 uh, PC and then they have a mobile version they're going to have coming out as well and so the mobile will be cross platformed as well which by the way that to me is kind of weird if I'm playing on my phone Apex Legends I feel like I'm going to be terrible I think that's like real bad (laughs) personally but I I don't know maybe I just haven't played enough shooters on my phone (laughs) I have never tried Fortnite or PUBG mobile um and from the times I've seen anybody else do it, it seems awful. But I'm sure that um, I'm sure that kids at school maybe don't even care anymore. Like they're just used to it by now, right? Uh, but I the crossplay stuff. I mean, that would be nice. I I hope they add it. I hope every game adds crossplay as long as they add uh, toggle on and off switch for if you don't want to get crushed by PC people. Um, if you're using a controller, but I'm sure that they will because they would get crucified if they didn't add a toggle. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of what Trevor Laux was having, uh, was noticing. Trevor Laux is a good friend of ours. He uh, played Apex Legends with Brett and I actually the very first time we played and we kind of all got rolled pretty hard. And then he played, he installed it on his PC and he's been messaging me nonstop of like, Hey, we need to, you need to be playing on the PC. It's like a million times easier to aim. It's a million times easier to play that way. Um, now granted Trevor hasn't played console shooters. Typically he's played like red deads, the experiential games on console where it's more slow. Um, you don't have to worry about quick twitch kind of aiming and so it could be just that he's not used to it as well. I will say that I think I would be probably at least a hundred times percent better <laughs> than what I am now on console, because I mean, what is it? Whenever we play, I'm lucky if I get one kill in a, in a match. So um, there's something about those type of games for me. I panic whenever it, like, I get to the point of actually, you know, intense fighting. I just my controller goes every which way, and it's I can't like because yeah I just normally my fluid emotions fluid and stuff but when you need to move quickly you move your stick uh, to an extreme and it goes way past them where it needs to be and stuff so no I'm the um, same way but but isn't or if you're a hundred times better on mouse and keyboard doesn't that mean everybody else is going to be a hundred times better which also means crossplay. Does it mean we'd all get owned if we played with against PC people all if the time? We, if we bring Trevor in, because and then that means we have to turn the toggle on, <laughs> so we're just gonna get sniped over and over. I I've wondered if like, because me and Brian always use shotguns, and I have actually really liked using the shotguns. But I wonder if the meta of I mean maybe there is no meta yet because it hasn't been out that long. But I wonder if shotguns are as powerful on PC uh, because. 
on console it's just you can't aim as far like it's just you can't do it like it's at least most people are not going to be able to like really pinpoint long shots on on console especially without like using a scope and having a bunch of time but yeah. on pc i feel like there's probably people with some of those auto, auto rifles just like picking away i mean i've seen people doing it on stream and all the streamers are are using pc so yeah i've noticed the stream one of the top guns is actually the spitfire like that one just shreds it seems like when you can be on point mm-hmm. so um i think that's a very very good point i think you have i think with the mouse it's just a lot easier to stay on point stay focused on with the kick and everything than it is with the with the sticks and stuff so um, by the way speaking of shotguns i think i might like the eva 8 better than i like the peacekeeper the reason why i don't know if you notice this if you hold down the trigger it just goes bang 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 and so like oh, it yeah. literally runs through the the shotguns um as opposed to the peacekeeper is pretty a, slow it's a long reload uh it, and i i like the i do pick up the eva 8 when like if i see it i i think i've tended to go with the peacekeeper because it feels like it has higher damage it has for sure. high damage but it's risky because if you miss you have you have a good <laughs> second or two before you can take another shot uh but i just love the just the sound of it like the feel of the peacekeeper is it just feels great to me yeah and it's pretty cool when you reload it and it has that blue steam that comes out of it that it's pretty i gotta admit it's pretty sick looking for sure they did a really good job with a lot of the guns i i still feel like i haven't tried half of them probably as much as i want to but i the spitfire like you said was that was one of the ones that i picked up the other night when we were playing and it felt pretty good but i haven't found it since like at least enough to want to pick it up yeah, my my top my top guns for sure is the uh, combine or carbine. Uh, it's a three hundred one. It that that gun is really really awesome. Um, and uh, Spitfire is another one that I will definitely pick up and keep if I can. I try to keep a shotgun, um, so either the Eva Eight or the Peacekeeper. So depending on where I am at each time, depends on which one I will kind of keep. Um, I love the Scout because the scout you can put some really big uh, sniper lenses on and still kind of do some decent picking and and stuff and uh, agitating from far away it doesn't do enough damage to to knock anyone down though uh, which kind of makes me wonder why do i like it i don't know but uh close range i can usually go pop 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 real quick with single triggers and stuff um i like the hemlock the hemlock is really good too um, mm. Mainly because with the car, with the 301 and the hemlock, you can switch it from burst or auto to single fire, and I can pull the trigger just as fast, if not faster. I feel like with um, than than like the burst and stuff, and the kick is a lot less too. So, um, so yeah, those are kind of my go-to's. If I ever see any of those, I, I will stick with them. I'm trying to branch out into the snipers. The hard thing with the snipers is I have to give up the a shotgun slot for a sniper, and I just don't really feel like we get in too many situations where we are engaging long distance with people. I mean, we yeah. had that one night when we played the, I think it was maybe Sunday night or something or Saturday night, I don't remember, um, and uh, we in, engaged and we had one little interaction there, and I had a, I think I had the longbow. Uh, and I took some guy out because he was literally just laying down on top of a building like an idiot. <laughs> and <laughs> you can easily take them out in console like that. But uh, it's it's so rare that someone's going to be sitting still long enough, I feel like, for it to be 
worth it or anything but yeah i and i feel like the i don't know there's probably plenty of cases to do both and practice with both but i feel on pc it would probably make more sense to go 10 towards the long range um that's the other thing too i wish apex did is i wish they had a a, a, like a practice range that would be really awesome yeah they should just turn like because you were saying that like they already have that tutorial thing that allows you to get access to all the guns and stuff they should just make that a little bit more like you know if you're done the tutorial can you just skip it and go to the the next thing and maybe add on a few things like a firing range to the side of it or something yeah i mean they kind of have they kind of have that right now but you can't do any sort of attachments and that's one thing i wish they would allow you to add is the attachments because then you can really truly practice with if you add a decent attachment to this gun is it going to make it any better a good example of that is the prowler you when you play with it by itself without any attachments whatsoever it's pretty much a terrible gun has huge kick really hard to manage um but when you get the certain adapters it seems to be according to those streamers that i watch pretty accurate i don't know oh yeah and yeah i haven't gotten to that point with the prowler yet but i usually don't pick it up (laughs) in the first place yeah no i usually avoid it as quickly as as fast as i can i hate it so talk to me about overwatch Yes, uh, because there's a new hero coming out, but I I think you know more about it than I do, so I'll let you I'll let you take it. So yes, the the new the new hero I believe has been released already, uh, Baptiste. He, Baptiste. Yeah, I think I'm saying it right. Um, so he has he's a healer. He's a support character. Um, he has heals and damage attached to him. He has a biotic. Um, launcher that fires three round bursts so um, it's like kind of like the left right trigger kind of thing where you pull the the right trigger it's a shot left trigger is going to be a healing grenade and so it launches a grenade and kind of sends out like a green gas and will has a little bit of an aoe heal mm-hmm. um, it appears to be a decent heal and so it goes pretty far from the gameplay that i've seen um and as soon as it impacts, it will kind of do its healing. So he has a regenerative burst, um, which activates an intense surge that heals Baptiste and his allies around him. So that's another ability, uh, kind of like Soldier 76's uh, healing option, where he drops the healing century thing. So it's is very it like similar. a? I wonder if the way it describes that is, uh, it doesn't say like over time. I wonder if it's like a. Instant, An instant pop that would be cool because um, that's the only thing about soldiers is that you have to you have to place it right because it's you have to be in the circle but it also takes a little bit for you to get juice from it yeah it kind of seemed like it was somewhat instant but still somewhat dotish where from the video i watched now granted i oh, was okay. I, I was at work while i was watching it so i had sound off so i wasn't listening to the person i kind of had it in the background and was watching he healed himself in a bot and yet there's still somewhat of like little um, plus signs going above their head shortly after the ability had been used. But oh, it, there, do, it does say, I read it wrong. It does say over time at the end. Oh, uh, yeah, it does. Intense that, surge yeah. that heals and is over time. But maybe there is, it says burst. Maybe there is like like a front-loaded thing and then it does a dot at the end. Kind of like the druids heal. Yeah, um, yeah. And stuff. Um like re, was it regrowth that you regrowth. do like a long yeah it's like the, <laughs> bring, it, bring the us back to front. our wow days <laughs> they pulled it they i mean it's the same devs so 
maybe they just took the idea that would, I, and I could see it being a little bit more powerful than soldiers if it is a healer class. Yeah, because if it sticks as like a healing dot around you, then yeah, you don't be stuck in that spot, which is pretty sweet. Um, the big game changer, though, for his ability is he has immortality field. So he creates an immortality field that prevents him and his allies from dying. So the circle is actually fairly large from what I could tell. It's a, at least as wide a diameter as Reinhardt's shield. So imagine that in a circular cyl- cylindrical field. You could fit a bunch of people within that circle. Is it just um, like a circle like tagged on the ground? Yeah, so it's like a little device that he like chucks out kind of like May. And okay. then it, it kind of like floats. It's like a floating thing for a second. And then it you, you kind of can't see it anymore. You just see this like glowing blue circle around everything. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, that you, you can negate that's everything. That's nuts. I, that almost like I don't even know what that's going to do to some fights now if people are using it. I don't, we'll just have to play it, I guess. But that sounds nuts to me. Yeah, so like Diva Bomb pretty much doesn't matter you if you're inside the circle. It. Yeah, you're good. But at the same time, you could hide behind Reinhardt's shield for Diva Bomb too. So there's still probably going to be some kills and stuff from, from ultimates and everything. But he's going to be able to negate a lot of things, like specifically Zarya. Zarya, I think, got the most, got gypped the most from everything that happened with Overwatch today, um, which we'll talk about all the other patch notes and stuff with her later on. But when she does her ultimate, he can just drop this and everybody who's been sucked in is not gonna and die is it um do you have you seen it does it make them invincible to damage or is it like they can't get they can't be killed from what i saw it looks like you you can't be killed which is interesting too he he can still do his healing within that bubble so like obviously he'll be dropping his grenades at the feet of everybody who's in there he mm-hmm. can be doing his aura around him heal over time and so he can work on trying to keep it up um, but yeah, if all of a sudden everybody, if the shield is done after it expires and everybody has one hit point, and if they've been sustaining damage, they could still just wipe you. Okay, so they have to. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I could see like you're saying, if he's if he does that and then you combo the heals on top of it, you could probably like soak whatever is coming in and then hopefully be healed up when you're done. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess what's the point of if you could. If you could soak the the damage anyway through the heals, what's the point? Of what's the point using, of it? Yeah, because it doesn't stop damage. I mean, maybe it, it is just like keeps a, you from dying. Maybe it is like an alt defender. Yeah, like maybe that's the point of it. Like, it is to soak a diva bomb. Like, if you get a bad spot or to, like, because then at least if you can survive long enough to keep that from killing you, you probably have an, maybe a little bit more time to do some damage to kill them. Yeah. Well, one thing, I mean, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit when we go into the patch notes. The Soldier 76 um, Ultimate is now going to be able to target this invinc- uh, invulnerability shield. So that's that mechanical piece. He's going to be able to target it while he's doing his Ultimate now to wipe it out and take it down. Oh, um, so it's like a drone, little drone thing that you can just shoot out? Yeah, so hit, Soldier will be able to take it out, and Soldier's going to be able to target Junkrat's uh, tire now with his ultimate. Um, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I, honestly, the new character's great, but uh, all the 
buffs that came through with the patch notes are going to be fun to talk about too there's, there's a lot of really cool things in my opinion with overwatch that that just happened um but anyways kind of moving on it'll be fun to see what how we can utilize the immortality shield for sure um he has exo boots which is a passive ability and uh his exo boots allow baptiste to jump over obstacles now it's a charging thing so you hold it down and you see this like charging bar in front of you and as it ticks up will determine how high you jump and okay. it's a pretty substantial jump um it takes what appeared to be about two seconds to fully charge the jump it's kind of reminds me of um oh what's the guy with the doom fist doom fist uh punch it's very similar to the mechanics of that when he charges his mm. punch and you yeah. see it kind of gaining distance it's like the same animation and about the same amount of time it's, instead of a forward punch it's a leap vertically and if you ever go into the like practice trial area uh shooting range you can jump to the top of those top areas uh in one bound if you fully charged it so it's like i said it's a pretty substantial jump um but since it takes a while to charge i don't know how much people will actually use it who knows Mm -hmm. um and then this one i think is going to be really cool pairing with reinhardt uh, but it's an amplification matrix, and it's a fairly small matrix. It's probably half the size of Reinhardt's shield. Um, but the his ultimate is he allows him to deploy an amplification matrix that doubles the damage and healing effects of friendly projectiles. So the projectiles have to go through the matrix to be able to be doubled. So you have to shoot through this little screen, shall we say. So if you had Reinhardt okay. holding up a point, right, and then you have toss this guy's matrix behind Reinhardt's shield, he would be able to shoot through the matrix and through Reinhardt's shields and really do some some heavy damage out there. It can be destroyed though. So if you put that in front of Reinhardt's shield, then it can get wiped out pretty quickly and won't be very effective. Um, That's so, really interesting. And it almost seems, I guess I was... Um when we were talking about immortality field, I was thinking, Oh, that's the alt. That sounds crazy, but that's not the alt. This is the, no, no. Yeah. This is the alt. That's really weird. So that's the thing too, is he's going to be able to negate ultimates a lot more and more frequently. So potentially fights could last longer now, but doubles the damage. That's, that's nuts. Yeah. That's, it's going to be fun uh, trying to figure out what to do. Could you imagine a bastion behind that? Just, I know, it's just mow you down in a second. I guess it says he's on the... He's currently available on the PTR for testing, is what it says. So I, he's not on live yet. Um, okay. I don't know. I think they just made the new Paris map live recently. Um, so then, <laughs> Which we still haven't played. Which we still haven't played. And I think maybe in the next few weeks, once he, if, if nothing goes horribly wrong, maybe he'll be coming out to live as well. Let me grab as well. I'm going to switch over. Okay, so here's the notes, the patch notes on some things that came in, specifically in regards to the heroes yeah. and what's changed. So Anna's nano boost healing. So when you nano boost somebody, it usually instantly healed them as well. And that's been reduced from 300 to 250. Not Nothing too crazy. Um, honestly, that's pretty negligible. I'm not sure that's really going to be that big of a deal. Um, Doomfist Rising Uppercut um, Slam uh, and Seismic Slam abilities have been reduced cooldown so they're 6 seconds as opposed to 7 so again not a huge one but that is 
you'll, you'll probably notice that when you're playing. Um, because yeah, a whole second sooner to be able to use another ability is, will feel much faster. Um, Hanzo's Sonic Arrow has a radius of nine meters instead of seven. And again, that's from the point of the arrow um, out. So it's a total diameter or sphere of 16 meters as opposed to 14 meters. So that's that's a pretty substantial that's addition be in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Um, Lucio's Sonic Amplifier or his boop I will now count towards offensive assists in elimination occurrence because uh, because of it. The other thing that this site didn't mention on it is the boop will also stop things that are in motion. So for example, before, if I was D.Va and using my boosters and flying by a Lucio and he booped me, it didn't affect me. It didn't do anything. But now it oh, will. So I, that'll be I, nice. Yeah, so his boop became more powerful to where if things are moving or in motion and before it wouldn't actually do anything or be minor, it does the full effect of the boop now. Um, and I think we'll talk about it later with uh, Farah, but I'm just gonna, uh, so it doesn't, she doesn't say it, it doesn't say it down there for it as well, but this boop ability a buff also counts towards Farah's concussive shot so again, if Diva is flying up to Farah to, to take her out, you can then use your concussive shot at her and it will knock her backwards. So you can like send her away because for a while that's Farah kind of got negated by Diva because Diva would just fly straight up at her and you know get hit with, with missiles and the concussive damage would hurt Farah as well. And so mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of issues with Diva countering Farah. And now if you're quick, you can be able to get D.Va off of you with Farah. That's the other thing too, with a lot of these boosts um, and everything, it seems like Farah got a good good end of the deal. So I'm pretty excited to, to play Farah again. Um, so yeah, uh, McCree's Fan the Hammer, the damage has been reduced from 50, uh, or has been, excuse me, uh, oh, it has been reduced to 50 from 55. Uh, but the biggest change is his Deadeye ultimate. The damage is increased uh, from 275 to 550 after locking for 2.5 seconds. So once you've been locked for 2.5 seconds, you're going to do 550 damage as opposed to 275. I so can't you... even figure out how to do the regular one. <laughs> I, I, I can, I've never been able to get his alt off. Granted, I don't play him that often, but... Yeah, but still, we potentially might have a higher amount of McCrees in games now um, because of that. So that one's pretty big. May also got a huge boost, too, which is like, stupid May. Um, So her blaster damage has been increased to 55 uh, damage per second, while her ice wall, though... um, the damage, the health is only 400 as opposed to 500. So the health of the wall has gone down. I like that. Yeah, but her damage has gone up. Um, So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Mariah, or puker chick as we like to call her, um, her bionic grasp is now viable. Total healing uh, has been increased to 65 as opposed to 50. So she should be able to do more healing um, over time without having to you know deal with um, using different resources and stuff so that's an interesting increase as well 
Um, Orissa's fusion driver ability has been has had its uh, movement speed penalty uh, while firing reduced from 50% to 30%. So she's going to be able to move faster now while shooting. So that's going to be pretty cool. That um, is nice. And that's a person we play a lot too. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the reason why is a lot of times they said that Orissa um, is such a defensive hero that she would get left behind at pushes and they wanted, they wanted her to be able to get back in the fights as quicker. Um, Farah's rocket launcher's ability has its minimum explosive damage increase from 16.5 to 20, which is a reversal to the change for a few patches ago. So um, that just means it's not that she does more damage when she hits you with it, but it just means the minimum amount of damage you will receive is going to go up. So the minimum baseline, if you were in range of her rocket, will be 20 regardless now. So... um, Again, that I think that's a really good thing for Farah personally. Uh, Soldier, he has a host of changes here. Um, so his rifle has gone up from 19 to 20 per shot. So you may think, well, it's just one per damage kind of thing. What it means is you can kill somebody now in five shots um, as opposed to six shots. So mm. that, again, is theoretically pretty substantial uh, when it comes to him. Um, the delay for using weapons after sprinting also has been reduced. It used to be 0.5 seconds. It's now 0.3 seconds. So when you sprint and stop sprinting to shoot, um, you can do it faster now than before. And his ultimate, like I said before, can target uh, Junkrat's Riptire and Baptiste Immort- Immortality Field. Now, what I want to know about the Immortality Field is, is this going to be something that you have a short amount of time to be able to destroy it? Or will it always be available to be destroyed? That I don't know. Um, yeah, so. I mean, if it's not, it it can't be too powerful if it's not going to be his ultimate. I don't. I wonder what the cooldown is on it as well. Yeah, that that's a good question. I don't know what that is off the top of my head. Uh, Sombra's cooldown for hacking a health pack has been reduced by half. That's mainly because a, a lot of people are having um, the the whole value of hacking a health pack and the time it took to recharge versus keeping that hack and using it on a Reinhardt or some other engagement, um, it seemed like it wasn't worth to hack the health packs anymore. So that's why they did the the reduced uh, cooldown for hacking health packs, which I think was really good too. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to hack more of those as Sombra. Uh, It honestly helps recharge your ultimate as well. So Sombra could see a big bump on things. Um, Torbjorn's base health has increased from 200 to 250, so he's a little tougher. Um, but in his Overlord, so his ultimate, his armor gained has been reduced from 150 to 100. Um, so, you know, it kind of mitigates that a little bit to where he's a little harder to kill normally, uh, but his ultimate, he's not as buff. So, okay. yeah, we'll see. Um, one of the more substantial ones is Widowmaker's ultimate, her ultra sight, now reveals enemy health, similar to Sombra's ability, where she can see who has low health and who has uh, high health. But the thing that's interesting is whenever Widow is dead, um, you the ultimate goes away. So you, you lose it immediately as soon as she dies. Um, so you have to kind of be more careful with how you want to do that. Uh, Wrecking Ball's adaptive armor will uh, will now not cancel him out of rolling mode. You've played him, so I'm not sure what that really means. 
uh, but it increases his ability to survive in fights. They say. Wait, what did it, is what does so not cancel? His adaptive armor will not oh. uh, will now not cancel him out of roll mode. That's actually super nice because he has an ability where he basically pops a shield armor thing. Um, it just turns him blue and gives him like a, a bar of shield or whatever. But yeah, uh, up until now, if you're rolling and you pop that ability, you stand up. Uh, and your roll has a cooldown, so if you do that, like, then you have to wait a little bit before you can, like, just keep the movement going. So that'll be really nice, because I've run into a lot of situations where I just want to move, but I want to pop my shield at the same time. Gotcha. I will use that. So it seems like they kind of boosted the, the hamster a little bit um, with that ability. Then there's some, those are all the hero changes that kind of came through. There are a few different ones that are general um, updates. So like there's a new audio sound when you hit a target and um, with damage that's been boosted. And then the other sound um, that plays when you, when uh, the damage has not been, been nullified. So if you hit somebody and they have a shield and it's been nullified or something, it will have a different sound than if you're hitting it normally. And then there'll be a third different sound to where if you're hitting somebody with an amplified damage, which by the way, that's another projectile, uh, another thing here, which um, I don't think it says it here. Oh yeah, damage boost. So damage boost before used to be applied to the hero um, while the boost was attached. So for example, Widowmate, or um, uh, Mercy, when she does her her stream of, of boosting and I was Farah, I say I shot a rocket, right? And the rocket's traveling mm-hmm. and Mercy stops streaming her damage boost before the rocket hits the person. The damage boost drops off of the rocket, even though oh, it was okay. launched um, while I was boosted. They've now shifted it to where any projectile leaving the person when boosted stays boosted even if the boosting ability changes. So, you know, you can then switch between healing and boosting as mercy much more regularly and you, the damage will stay consistently output. So that's nice. I, I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then the last thing though is beam type damage. So again, Zarya, um, Symmetra, their damage has been reduced by 20% when hitting armor. So, um, that's pretty substantial. So they really went after Zarya in this, um, this little update where I feel like she kind of got the jip jipped end of the deal, but that's mainly because they're trying to find a way to break up the, um, the meta the right now meta. <laughs> yeah, with all the tanks. So yeah. I think that's why they have all these boops, boops and increase of eldest kind of stuff in hopes to break up that current meta but we'll see if it works. Yeah, apparently the pro the pro scene is like people are getting frustrated with how boring it is becoming because of the I think it's called people call it goat now because there's a team called yeah. the goats that do I guess we're doing it a lot and it's just three tanks and three healers and you just sustain as long as possible. Um which it's actually really frustrating to play against a a team i don't know if we've actually come up against a team that's doing exactly that in quick play at our level but i know we've come up against a team with three tanks yeah or like we did that one shield game. stacking and it's man it's really hard to do anything against unless you know exactly what you have to do to counter it which 
we kind of usually play like you know we each have maybe one two or three heroes that we can play decently so it's hard for us to counter all these like specific metas yeah and they the one we played against they had the Arissa reinhardt and i forget what the oh and i think it was winston so they had their three shields and then they had a bastion on top of the the uh ride so the bastion literally was pretty much protected by three shield barriers to get through and then they had the other two people who were just kind of running around i think there was like an anna and I think they had Sombra or something. Yeah, I was like, I want to almost say they had maybe two healers to, to like support in the back. But I don't know. Maybe maybe since I like that they're doing a lot of changes. Maybe it'll mix up the game a little bit. Yeah. So that that's pretty much my my update on Overwatch. I'm I am personally excited to see how it all goes. Um, I think we'll play again once Baptiste comes live to console, and uh, we'll we'll be able to see how everything goes. Love it. That was a lot of patch notes. Yeah, no, it was huge. <laughs> and if you like to pat, if you like to hear us read patch notes, make sure to tune in tomorrow to our. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have another podcast, but <laughs> yeah, our other podcast called Patch Notes. Patch and Friends. notes. Patch notes cast, where we read the patch notes. That'd be the worst. It would be pretty rough. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about Dead Cells, Mike. Um, okay, talk to I, me about Dead Cells. I don't think anybody knows a lot about Dead Cells in our group, but. It is super fun. And now that we are game sharing, if you ever want to try it, it's just a click away. Um, I was wondering if it was actually on there. I Googled to see if it was on Game Pass, and when I Googled it, I didn't see it. any articles pop up that it was. That's not on Game Pass, but I bought it. It's only, they don't have a physical copy, I don't believe. So I, like, I had to buy it digitally. So there is a license on my account. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, it's so fun, and I it's not even that long of a game. Uh, I probably beat it, like, in a week of just playing in the evenings and, like, a lot on one weekend, but it's just it's just a runner, like, kind of roguelike game, and it's it's super fun. There's tons of items and weapons, and, like, you, you get into this groove of, like, you know, if you get a run and you're like, oh, I found this weapon that I know I really like, and you're picking up buffs along the way to like make you powerful and it's just it's a really fun loop game with really really good combat um but i was watching this video there was like a mini documentary put out uh i think it was by like sponsored by red bull or something like that. i don't even know but <laughs> it was basically doing a mini doc on the developer motion twin uh who made dead cells and there was some i was watching it because there was supposed to be like footage of some free dlc that's supposed to be coming up maybe this year uh and there was a little bit but it wasn't much i'm just excited if there's more uh stuff to play because it's really fun but i thought it, uh it was cool some stuff i learned about motion twin because uh, i i hadn't really um done any research on like who motion twin was as a developer yeah and honestly uh, they've made so many games because they, they've they mainly made like indie and mobile and like browser games and stuff like that. I think it says on their on their site, it says we've made like over 150 games. Um, wow. And they're 10 people. So a lot of the games are like really tiny, like, and I've never heard of almost any of them. So except for Dead Cells, which like blew up. And now I guess they're, they're like, everybody knows who they are. But the thing I thought was interesting, especially coming off of like some weeks with like Activision and EA and their CEO has been in the news for like just so much junk and like all the firing everybody and CEOs being in the, you know, top 
CEOs be like top salaries for CEOs of in the world or whatever. And it's just, yeah. like, just disgusting. But motion twin, if you go to their site right now, like the first thing you'll see is we don't have a boss. We're all equal. And we wanted that to show. Uh, so I guess motion twin has 10 people in their studio and they are all equal and they are all paid exactly the same. Uh, so they all own like there's just 10 people there and they all own like an equal share of the company and if somebody gets a raise they all get a raise like everybody is just equal uh, and they don't have like a leadership structure of like you have to report to this person or you have to you know everybody's just kind of like we have a designer and we have a marketer and we but we all have an equal say in what we're doing um, hmm. which I, I thought was like that honestly seems <laughs> like great for the marketer and what their, their pay is for what the programmer. <laughs> yeah. Gets. For some of them, probably, especially with dead cells. Now, I don't know how much money they're making off dead cells, but I'm sure they have a lot more, uh, freedom. They, in that documentary, there was a lot of stories of like, you know, them being on their last legs, like potentially like not having a lot of money and like wondering like what they were going to do, but I'm sure they have a little bit more freedom to, relax and make some more interesting stuff happen now that dead cells is so successful um but yeah i just thought that was a cool story uh of like a a little developer i think they're in france uh at least it sounded french um because the the documentary was like had subtitles because they're not speaking english um but yeah i just thought that was interesting of like one of the games that i actually really enjoyed uh last year or this year i think it was last year um but yeah, and it's just a cool like ten people that are like all in business together, I guess. So that's a really cool idea. Yeah, and I, I'm sure it it probably makes some things more complicated, but that's probably why it's only ten people, so that they can really know that they have uh, people that they know really well and who can do really good work. Yeah, I was gonna say if you if you try to do this across the whole entire company, there's no way it would financially succeed. Yeah, and you um, wouldn't be able to make any decisions. Probably be so hard yeah. to decide on stuff but yeah with with a little indie studio like that um it makes a lot of sense and it's 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 probably a really great environment to work in i bet they're really pumped about it oh yeah oh yeah um so anyways uh after that the only other news i have to share is have you heard of the division two um if you haven't (laughs) it's pretty much like the division (laughs) one uh and that's really all i have to say uh there's a beta coming up uh this weekend let me double yeah, check the it's dates. It's March one to four um, yeah. on PC, PlayStation four and Xbox one. Uh, so it's an open beta this time. Uh, it's releasing in March. So it's kind of just, I don't know if it's a very large open beta. It's, I think it's just a few missions um, and a light sampling of content, uh, probably similar to kind of what Anthem did, but so like a demo. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much a demo. <laughs> At least they're calling it a beta in case it's broken to crap. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I probably, we talked about this earlier. I don't even know if we will hop in and try it just because we don't have a lot of time to play and our group, uh, I don't think would be playing the division two anyway. Um, so it's just not, I don't think it's for us. It's not the looter for us. We don't have a looter because Anthem failed us. Um, so, so sad. (laughs) Anthem. I, it's, I don't want to talk about Anthem anymore. (laughs) Don't do it. But man, it just ticks me off. It's kind of like thinking about an ex-girlfriend sometime. You know, you're just like, really? Really? It's only been out for a week. There's so much potential there. And you just ruined it. I'm 
yeah, I'm I'm really disappointed, but I guess that's why I picked up Destiny because I was just like, oh, I want a looter to play, and I I hadn't played most of Destiny too, so. Um, yeah, and I was all excited about trying to get our group on a looter, but I don't know. We'll probably just have to play more Overwatch and Apex uh, for the time being, except not even Apex because they don't have quads. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, so Dom, we want you back, but take your time. Take your time because <laughs> Apex is really fun. <laughs> it is really fun. But yeah, I, I don't know. Overwatch 2, when, when we've been playing, has been really enjoyable. So I'm excited to get back into that even more. Especially with the, like the new map and a new hero coming, but yeah. So, anyways, Division Two open beta this weekend. If you are a fan of anything related to the division or Tom Clancy, check it out. You might enjoy it. And if you do try it, let us know. You just send us a message on Twitter or something like, then tag us saying how much you enjoyed it. Or if you do play it and you do the demo, um, tweet about it and tag us in there so we can see what you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. Let's talk about some Microsoft, some Xbox. Yeah, so um, those really interesting things. I mean, now that Bowser, the villain, is in charge of Nintendo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so funny. Uh, yeah, even though he's been with the company, I think, for a long time. So I I'm sure there's been jokes made about his name before, but this is the first I heard about it. He, he literally was born for, that, for this position. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. There's a lot of rumors about them kind of a, being allied allied through something uh bring you know doing more cross connecting between nintendo and xbox live um now game pass is potentially coming in um so i mean i don't to be honest with you i kind of hope the games go the other direction where nintendo will let xbox games uh, xbox play nintendo games because that would be sick that's not like gonna happen sm- like smash bros and get into the zeldas there's no way i know but it seems like x uh, microsoft's letting it go the other direction at least so i think well and i i've heard <laughs> talk about that before and i i mean it kind of makes sense if you look at that hey they're friends now so they can share stuff but i think uh, if you look at what Microsoft's been doing, like it's more about Microsoft shifting to being a services-based company, not necessarily just a console provider. Uh, and if you look at it from that standpoint, like it, I don't know if Nintendo has never done that. Uh, so I don't see them like doing the reverse. Uh, I see Microsoft just becoming like, we just have the games and you can play them anywhere. You don't need Xbox. Um, I'm sure they'll still make Xbox for the people that like it, at least for a while. But I think that they care way more about people being subscribed to their services than they do about consoles. Which kind of is interesting with the new console that they're coming out with. They talked about it, what they're going to be talking about with E3 is there's going to be a two bracketed tier for their console. So they're going to have yeah a cheap version and an expensive version and yeah that's the rumor and i mean it that's it's been reported on for a while now that there's like that was w- earlier last year too was the it came out that you know it's probably going to be a two versions and you know this could be their very like their testing with nintendo to find out hey how many people are actually utilizing our services that are not on an xbox and then also comparing that with let's see how many people buy the cheap version versus the expensive version Mm -hmm. and 
you see how our exclusives are going, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, you might be right. It does seem like they're trying to move into that services type thing with, with video games where, you know, yeah, we'll develop, we'll, we have some studios, we'll make some games and stuff, and then we'll let these other people invest in the hardware and, and everything to make the game that you, you can buy and stuff. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever leave the console world necessarily. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'll be honest, I still think they have the best controller. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, <laughs> I hate to, I haven't been uh, too heavy into PlayStation really ever. So maybe I'm biased, but uh, I think a lot of people would agree that the Xbox controller is, if not the best, uh, pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you see that in a lot of partnerships outside of Xbox, like on PC or, and it seems like everybody uses the Xbox controller. Um, even there was a, in that motion twin documentary, there was a story about one of the devs felt embarrassed because they were going to a Sony pitch and they handed him an Xbox controller to play their demo. <laughs> um, because it was like on some like put together laptop or whatever. And like that, xbox just works and that's what they were testing with and he's like oh shoot that's (laughs) Um, awesome but it's just a more popular controller i think but uh i'm sure the playstation one's good but it's hard to get used to um after playing with the 360 and now the xbox one for so long but yeah i don't know i the most interesting thing to me i think and the question i have is if they keep using the word game pass in these rumors like we're going to move game pass to switch uh, and specifically they mentioned like Ori in the Blind Forest, which is a first party yep. game yep. that's not currently anywhere else. But does that mean like you can purchase Ori on Switch or does that mean you have to have a Game Pass subscription on Switch? Because the subscription doesn't really make sense to a Switch only user if there's not all the games with it. Like if it's just a few, like why would you sub? So is it yeah. maybe a maybe kind of a separate thing if they're just going to bring a few games at a time like as part of game pass but but it's not really like a subscription over there you just buy the game but they're using like quote unquote game pass tech behind the scenes or whatever i don't know maybe to make it happen because uh, i think when it really gets interesting is if they ever do finally pull the trigger of game pass is a universal service and there's you know, 150 games on here, all of our first parties are on here and you can play them anywhere. That's when it becomes like game changing. It's just, and I think that's what they're going for. It's just that there is no precedent for that being like, nobody's doing that yet. Uh, at least not on a universal scale on all devices. Yeah. I, I, I would wonder, would that kill the Xbox in general? If they became the Netflix of games, and that's what, and because when I mean, you think about it, that's what they're trying to do is they're yeah. trying to increase the amount of platforms that can access these games. And the only way you can access the games is with a subscription. Mm-hmm. So you're paying for the subscription to be able to play all these games on your console. So, I mean, I, I, it has to be that way. It has to be more than just Ori and a few games here and there. It has to be that if you get Xbox Game Pass, you can play all their games on the other machines. Like it's got to be yeah. that way. I think if they're, especially if they're at all pitching the subscription, which is which is the whole point. That's what they want is that somebody subscribed. They have to be moving towards, you know, you get everything. You get the whole library of games. Um, 
So the question is, if if they did um, implement this and this all of a sudden was pretty smooth and pretty sweet, would you want to switch consoles because you could still get most of your games on other Xbox games on other consoles? Would you actually think, hey, let's get let's go get a Wii, um, you know, because you mean a Switch? <laughs> or sorry, Switch. Yeah, <laughs> go get a Switch because we we want to play Smash Bros. and we'll still have access to pretty much all of our Xbox games. Not all of them, obviously, but just the ones they put on game pass it's tough because even i think dom mentioned in chat when we were talking about this earlier this week that it's like maybe i don't even need an xbox one <laughs> like uh for which for a lot of people probably would would be the case if they literally do bring everything uh and all first parties are on competing platforms it would make sense for those people that aren't like super hardcore into xbox that just want to play like through the halo campaign and through gears and maybe forza from time to time like who cares like if they're streaming it through the cloud uh i think for me um i i don't think i would at least for a while want to ditch um because you still especially for switch because the problem is right now if it's just between switch and xbox there are still a lot of heavy AAA third-party games that are not on switch because it's not mm. powerful enough to run them. Um, and the, so that is a scenario where you have to have a PS4 or an Xbox One to play the majority of like AAA new games because Switch doesn't get them. Uh, so at least for now, I think there's not really a choice there. Switch is still kind of this like secondary console just because it's more based around like being mobile and it's underpowered, but it's like they also have Nintendo first party. so it's a strong third player, but it's not like it's not getting these triple A first third party games, which is the majority of the console market uh, on PS4 and Xbox one. I, if you could get game pass on PS4, uh, yeah, then there's no reason to have an Xbox one, <laughs> but I don't think that that will happen. <laughs> um, just I, maybe in the long, long distant future uh, when everything is changed, but right now that's not going to happen. Because uh, Sony and Microsoft don't play play nice together, they do not. No. Um, but it's like even thinking about the way Microsoft has spoke about it, and like the way Sp- Phil Spencer talks about games. It's like if he is to be believed, I don't think he would care if you sell your Xbox and get a PS4 and subscribe to Game Pass. I think that's, I think almost in a way, Microsoft kind of would rather you do that if you are subscribing to their service. Uh, obviously they'd rather you probably get an Xbox one and subscribe to their service, but does the console really matter as much to them? I don't know. I think they, I think they're like their services company, like even on the other sides of the company with office 365 and Azure and all the, like everything about their product is like moving towards just subscription based products. Hmm. Um, which is I, but at, at the same time, the other piece of this is technology is not ready for any of this to happen. So like streaming is probably possible already and we've, we've seen it happen, but it's not going to be possible to push out the quality that we already have right now. That's true. So it's like for the really casual person that just wants to play games and they don't really care if it's 1080 or 720 or like 30 frames or 60 frames, maybe, maybe it works for them. And maybe that's what the lower powered Xbox console of 2019 is going to be aimed at. I don't know. But I think there's still a solid case to be made for the like cutting edge, new, powerful 
Xbox One console uh, because that's what I want. I don't want to have to stream stuff through the internet if it's going to be worse. And and it will be worse. There's no question about it. Uh, at least not not with the internet that I have. <laughs> like it's not going <laughs> to. And with my bandwidth caps, like I there's a lot of hurdles that I think they're going to have to get through before at least the United States as a whole is ready for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're kind of just wanting to move. And if, if the technology works, I think the rest of the stuff will catch up eventually. It's just, I don't know if we've ever seen streaming technology work in a way that's actually like seamless and perfect yet. Mm. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have. But it's it's an interesting idea to me, and I would love it if I could like have a fifty dollar Xbox stick plugged into my TV upstairs that I could just play casual games on, like when I like before I go to bed. That would be awesome. That and would I, be very cool. I would put in the money to do that, uh, but I'm not gonna pay you know hundreds of dollars to stick another console up there. <laughs> that would be like that would that's what I wanted this last weekend. Um, so it was, it was Saturday. Yeah. So it was Saturday. Serena had one of her friends over that has a little girl, same age as Brindley. And so like they were all, all the girls were playing and stuff. And it's a, one of my wife's classmates. Yeah. And so I kind of was, I, I was feeling kind of antisocial, didn't really want to be out there, but they were watching a show and stuff all together. And I was like, you know, I wish I could just take my Xbox downstairs and go play on the TV downstairs, which I could have. But it was a lot of work to unplug everything and take <laughs> yeah. it all downstairs and blah, blah, blah. And it's a, it's also a plasma TV downstairs, not an LED. And so that would just tick me off more also and stuff. But, yeah, like if they just had a, you know, like a, a Chromecast that you could just attach to your TV and you could play games, that would be sick. Yeah, and I, I would totally go for as long as the latency is not bad. I think that's the thing that they need to prove that they have managed um, but I don't mind if it's running in 720p if it's responsive. Um, like it if it's like for that kind of like casual or maybe alternate TV setup thing. Like that would be fine with me. Um, yeah, I would be even fine if it was like the size of like a Raspberry, you know, or something like that. That's you know just a small yeah, a small Roku box or something like whatever. Yeah, who knows yeah. what they need to power something like that? I think talking about the Switch. I I would really be tempted to get a Switch again if the whole Game Pass library was on there. Literally just to be able to play Game Pass Portable. Like Oh, that's true, yeah. I, I know the Switch is a much bigger spend than like a streaming box, but I I used to have a Switch and playing like bringing it upstairs to bed is oh man, it's there's nothing like it. It's the best. Uh it's just that I didn't there wasn't enough games for me on that platform that I that I'm going to spend playing on that platform for it to be worth keeping. But if my current Xbox subscription was there, it would be very tempting uh, just to go get it because then I would know, like, I don't have to buy any more games if I don't want to. I have this stream of games coming with my current service. Um, there's a lot of interesting opportunities, I feel like. I I don't know, though, how long it's going to take for, if these rumors are true, for stuff to start happening. I think E3 will be telling based on like what they position their strategy for the next consoles as 
Yeah. And it's really strange because they're like, they're well behind Sony at this point on like number of units sold. But at the same time, they're doing things with Game Pass that nobody else is doing right now. Uh, and I feel like they have they have a way better value proposition um, on Xbox right now than Sony does. Uh, they kind of have to because they're you know they're behind and they have to push. But I'm really interested in what they do with like if they're doing two consoles. I really yeah. want to see what they're gonna do. Like how powerful is the big one gonna be, and what is the value proposition to the smaller one? Yeah, the other thing too is we're and this message goes out to Dom per, and to Brian. We're going to have to start planning and organizing when we're all going to upgrade to the next console. Um, you know, are we all going to get it when it first comes out? Are we going to wait for a while? Um, are they going to be able to play from Xbox One to the new console? You know, what what are those kind of limitations and stuff? So that's Yeah, that's another good question. So that's I a think- pretty substantial investment if we all go with a high end probably. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's like, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be really confusing. I hope that they can keep their messaging clear with like, what, what is the new generation going to be like? Because I, I think it is going to be slightly different than the way it was last time. Cause going from 360 to Xbox one was relatively simple because it was like every other generational shift where it was like, Hey, your stuff's super old. So just buy the new one because nothing works anymore. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense to people. But with the new stuff, I feel like it's not, it hasn't been, it's been a while. I mean, it's been what, it'll be seven years in tw- yeah. if it launches in 2020. So it's still a long time, but I feel like people are going to be really frustrated if stuff doesn't work it <laughs> doesn't than, feel like it's that long ago man yeah, seven years it's seven years when it's 2020 which is when they're i'm assuming it's going to be like holiday 2020 launch um i i'm almost i could which is almost awesome say because that's when serena potentially will start working so holla <laughs> yeah get your ex some xbox money um <laughs> yeah be like hey uh, now that you got a nice job you want to you want to pay for my xbox thanks <laughs> I would bet money on everything's going to be Ford compatible. Um, I don't see them sh- like getting away from any of the stuff that they've already done. I think the 360 games that work on Xbox One are going to work on the new one. I think Xbox One games will work on the new one. Uh, I don't think they can not do that. I think people would go nuts. Yeah, I agree. Because um, that was a big thing when we first when you forgot your first Xbox One. Like I remember. The th- it was just huge because they talked about how potential cross compatibility and like everybody was like yay I'm still going to be able to play my games that I just got yeah. and then they're like just kidding yeah well, and, then, and then like years later when they announced that hey we figured out how to make it backwards compatible everybody was like yeah and then uh, and that's like the thing that Sony never wants to talk about because they didn't do that um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know I think there is going to probably be a point where f- new games are only compatible with the new console. It has to be that way. Uh, Cause yeah. they talked about, I think Halo was in that article of mentioned like Halo infinite is a, is going to release launch title. So. Yeah. Along the new console. And I feel like they have to cut it off or people aren't going to buy it. So, and I mean, they have to cut it off to be able to push the tech. So I guess we will see, but that's where Microsoft's at. So yeah, It'll be fun. It'll be a fun summer. For sure. For sure. 
Well, I think we should wrap it up. I mean, we've been going for about an hour and a half again, almost. Yeah. Um, so it's too much to talk about. Seriously, there's we we could literally talk forever about all the things that are coming out and and everything. But I hope everybody who is listening has a great rest of your week, and be sure to get out, play some games, have some fun, and give. Don't forget to give us a five star rating and subscribe online. We'll see you next time. See you next week.